This podcast is part of the Faking Fandom Media Network. Head to fakingstarwars.net slash podcasts for more hilarious shows about geek culture topics. Well, it is story time, all you Fetsters. This is Fet Fellas, brought to you by Faking Star Wars Radio, the official podcast of FakingStarWars.net. Um, with me is my co-host, Teeb Rontor, and this is going to be uh, a fun thing, I hope, Teeb. Yes, I am not with you. I'm, I'm, I'm with you, but not not in spirit like i'm i'm with you in body like i'm inside of you right now similar to how boba fett was inside mrs sarlacc but you know i'm not with you in spirit i have nothing with you in spirit my hopes and dreams are slowly digesting you over a thousand years huh Uh, i hope you took some pepto-bismol or something some space pepto-bismol are you gonna insert your little breathing wand into my left lung and suck out some a last minute gasp of greasy decaying air and then you know light a fire conflagration through my intestines to escape into the world (laughs) because that's how i imagined it (laughs) yes that's exactly what i was gonna do also i was gonna say would pepto-bismol and star wars be blue like everything is blue milk and i don't know it wouldn't be pink right because you know i think it would have to be blue very binary blue and pink you know i don't know maybe there there needs to be a new color invented just for star wars for the 2021 mm. Star Wars. Oh, 2022. Uh, 2022. Sorry. So sorry. So sorry. Get it right. I'm a Get year right. in the past. I'm always living in the past. Well, for, for those of our listeners who know who we are, um, this is going to be a special weekly series where we review the book of Boba Fett in our own faking Star Wars style. Um, if you're a new listener, we are a satire comedy uh, website, fakingstarwars.net, and we have several uh, podcasts and, and media platforms, um, this one being Faking Star Wars Radio. And so we've sort of uh, devoted this podcast to Boba Fett for the next seven weeks, uh, which makes sense since that's the only live action Star Wars stuff going on. So um, without further ado, you know, uh, forget about it, Teeb. What do you think about this gangster episode of uh, the book of Boba Fett? This bit we're going to call Speak Freely. You get about 30 or 45 seconds, Teeb. What do you think? Give us a summary of this episode one, the book of Boba Fett. Please. Well, basically, I was really disappointed in the fact that, like, Boba Fett's supposed to be, like, some kind of badass crime lord, and he doesn't seem to be doing much uh, crime or lording in this episode at all. In fact, when uh, Larry David Twi'lek came in and was all like, ah, you're going to give me a tribute, I'm going to give you a tribute, uh, you know, I don't know, I work for the mayor, maybe I don't, I don't know what's going on. And then you get these, like, guys with shields that for some reason have stun stun sticks that don't actually stun people, which was very stunning to me. I mean, it was, it was, it was just complete nonsense. Nonsense. But I did like the fact that they, you know, gave us some empathy for the Tusken Raider children so that now that you realize that Anakin slaughtered them like animals because they are animals, you know, that really that really makes you feel even uh, better about the fact that Anakin slaughtered not just, you know, human younglings, but um, all the other different Jedi younglings. But he also slaughtered all the Tusken Raider younglings. And, you know, we're going to get to love this child. And then at the end, he will die. I'm definitely sure of that. Yeah, he definitely is on a collision course with mortality, even though he escaped mortality at the beginning of this. That's a great summary, you know. Um, It is interesting to think about this in the light of gender roles, because 
Uh, Boba Fett does seem to be a bit of a bumbling leader, um, and Fennec Shand is sort of the do-no-wrong person in the background, guiding him, leading him, telling him what to do. She's also doing all his dirty work. So uh, Disney has definitely kept that theme going of the ineffectual male lead uh, saved by uh, some feminine, uh, you know, character who tends to be Asian. So that's interesting. There's that consistency, so people will be happy about that consistency. Yeah, where where is Phoenix Jan supposedly uh, from, or do we uh, know? I I don't know exactly her planet of origin. I have no idea actually. Chahina? Is it Chahina? <laughs> is that a planet in Star Wars? It's in the Outer Rims. Chahina. It's the Chahina system. I see. Yes, I like her as a character. I just think that it's a little tired. You know, this bumbling male lead uh, sort of trope that we've seen. And Especially when you consider it's Boba Fett. He's supposed to be Space's badass. Don't do that to my Boba! Yeah, he's Space's badass. Maybe maybe that's maybe that's just to give his character room to grow, uh, and that he will become more effectual and efficient and exigent of his uh his domain, shall we say? Well he hasn't followed any of her advice really. You know, he's been an asshole, if you if you're familiar with that term. No, I'm not. Please explain. What is that? It's where you ask somebody for advice and then they give it to you and then you do the complete opposite. Like, oh, that's great advice. And then you do something completely different. Ah, an asshole. Ah, yes. I did not come up with that. That came. I heard about that in the 90s. That was a long time ago. <laughs> it seems a bit passive aggressive, doesn't it? To ask someone to help you and then to go completely against their advice. Yeah, why well, have an advisor at all? Again, I come back to, if you listen to the other shows, uh, I come back to what is her role. And if she's an advisor, then... If she, it seems to me like she's just a sounding board at this point, and he's not really listening to much that she says. Well, also, you know, Boba is not in the best prime of life. Uh, he has not just completed an Ironman triathlon. Uh, I don't think he could, or, or a CrossFit routine. He does need a little muscle, and she is a bit of a heavy who can do things physically that he seems unable to, to do because he's stuck taking a bath in the back of the tank all the time. Well, I like how he introduces her. This is Master Assassin Fennec Shand. Like, boom. Like, you know, like, imagine, like, you're walking and you meet somebody for the first time and it's like, oh, hi, I'm uh, T. Oh, hi, this is uh, my buddy Stormdooper. Oh, this is uh, IG. He's, uh, you know, an assassin droid. Instead of calling this episode what they did, they, they should have called it, um, you know, Boba Fett's favorite bath time gurgles because it was basically him in a bathtub or just getting ready to get into a bathtub, uh, you know, to recover or to prepare for his next event. Did he have any bath thermal detonators in there with him, I wonder? I don't know. Uh, yeah, that would have been dangerous. I guess no, well, like bath bombs, you know, like like oh, like a, back to aromatic. oh, back to bombs, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah some ba- some back to bombs. That I like that, yeah, awesome. back to bombs. <laughs> uh, Teeb, it's time for our next bit called No Disintegrations. Um, and ah. in this one, it's kind of interesting. What we want to do is, uh, each one of us gets to pick our best part of the episode. So, um, I know you've had some time now. You've seen it a couple times. Well. I was really fascinated with the emphasis on litter boxes in this episode. Um, they, they seem to really mention litter boxes a lot, and I was very <laughs> confused because I didn't see any loath cats, and I kept waiting <laughs> to see a loath cat because they kept mentioning litter. Like, where, like oh, I, you, I didn't notice you because you didn't have your litter. And I was like, wait, does Boba Fett go in a box? I was <laughs> Maybe very he confused. has to now. I mean, he has all that armor. Right. So, and we know he likes, you know, he floats in his own 
pee, I guess, in the back. What is bacta, anyway? Isn't it, isn't it like bacteria, I guess? Ooh, bacteria. Bacta. I, think so. I just got that. Well, maybe he has one of those pajama bottom things, you know, with the snaps on the bottom that just open <laughs> up in his armor. <laughs> <laughs> like Winnie the Pooh? Like uh, Christopher Robin? Like yes. the little uh, the flaps? Yeah. Does he have little footy pajamas, little jammies? Yeah. He put his little boba jammies on? This is how sure. boba poops. Everybody poops. Yeah, well, she, she's all like, oh, I didn't realize you were a crime lord. I didn't see your litter box. I'm sorry. So apparently <laughs> all the litter, you know, all the crime lords have litter boxes. So I, I, is it like Gritty Kitty litter? Like what? Now I really like to know what litter brand that Boba uses. Very, well, I guess he doesn't use it, right? He's like, I don't use a litter. Yeah. I don't use litter boxes. I, I go poop like in a, a toilet boy. just like everyone else. <laughs> 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 oh, dear. Yeah, that that was weird. I I didn't understand that terminology specifically. I mean, like I would say they should have gone with entourage or something else. You know, there were a few little weird vocabulos in there, like daime, daimyo, which is clearly just a Japanese word. Like they they just decided let's call the leader of Tatooine's mob world the daimyo. <laughs> Well, I mean, forget about it. They they could have called him the game, you know, the Godfather. They, they they should have called him. I mean, that's what I was thinking. He was going to be the Godfather, and he's not much of a Godfather. I mean, he's he's not Tony Soprano. Let's that's face it. That's for sure. He's like uh, Boba Fett. Uh, I think I heard. I think I heard someone guy? called a Don as well in there too. Dom. Yeah. So this is like an equal opportunity linguistic smorgasbord, as it were. We got some Spanish. We got some Italian. We got some. Japanese, so I'm liking the diversity from that perspective. You know, that that bothers me. I was reading uh, recently, this is a little bit of a segue, but I was reading um, the Thrawn trilogy, and one of the uh, Star Destroyers is called the Gorgon, and they go into this whole thing about the Gorgon, and they mentioned, like, the ancient Greek Gorgons, and that's why she named her ship uh, Gorgon. And I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) You're mentioning Earth mythology now. Yeah. You've ruined, you've lost me. And this is the big Thrawn, you know, everybody was all gaga over Thrawn. And this is the guy who gave us Thrawn, uh, Timothy Zahn. So I was, I think it was Timothy Zahn, actually. Twas. Uh, that I was reading, though, I mean, I think, I think it was one of his. So I was very, like, ooh. Like, it takes you right out of the, the galaxy, far, far away. Right. It's like, you don't mention the Gorgons. So I guess I see your point with the whole Dymo thing. It's like, oh, uh, okay, gotcha. Well, it would have been like if Boba Fett was drinking, like, a Starbucks or something, you know? <laughs> like, if he left a Starbucks? cup on set yeah. you mean be like, nah, where did you happened. get that <laughs> <laughs> or a guy holding a boom with jeans maybe yeah yeah, yeah. that yeah. never happens never happens <laughs> but yeah no I, I get your point but but being in ling you know a linguistic person i don't know the the term a logophile or logophile i guess you would know a linguophile uh, maybe uh just somebody who's into uh linguistics right yeah they're we have to go with the, our own language because, you know, we we can't have, like, Lord of the Rings where they're speaking Elvish and Dwarvish and they got to constantly translate. Or they just don't even bother to translate. So could you imagine watching, like, a full-on Star Wars episode where there was no translations in basic? Like, everything was, like, like or he's like, we really could use a protocol droid. Like, that would be us. Like, we'd be watching it and the whole thing would be in this completely notional language that doesn't actually exist. Like, there'd be, like, 37 notional languages and you'd just see all these people 
having full-on conversations and having no context other than visually what you're looking at. That'd be interesting. Well, it would be confusing, for one. Uh, possibly less confusing Very. than the Star Wars prequels where they translated all the aliens. Uh, that was one of the things I didn't like about the prequels was that they did make that decision because the originals, you know, has that sense of, like, I can't understand this person, you know? Right. And I, I like that. Right. So, cool. Yeah, to an extent, to an extent. Yeah, yeah. For me, I would say my favorite part of this episode, I liked just the um, the way they told the story. I like this flashback type of thing because you know, normally I'm not a fan of that narrative device, but it seems like that is kind of what this show is going to be. It's like each one is going to be a chapter where they tell two stories, Boba in the past, Boba in the present. I'm, I'm really hoping that's what we get because I think that's cool uh, to see how like his past has influenced his his present and, and so forth. Um, and I thought that the way they told it was they gave a lot of space, actually, uh, to the Sand People. Um, you know, they were well represented as as uh, individuals. And um, I mean, we had long shots of just very atmospheric kind of stuff, which for Star Wars uh, has been lacking in recent uh, years, I think. So I enjoyed the fact that Robert Rodriguez, I, I think he directed this episode, he did kind of get back to this more sweeping sci-fi-esque, uh, you know, um, show where where we give the characters space to develop um, in this world, even though it does obviously look a little bit like a TV show. I mean, the effects are just okay um, at times. Yeah. But like well, like the stuff yeah. the stuff when they were out at night, I thought that was okay. Like when the, the Sam people were tracking him down, that seemed to me to be where it may have just gotten a little bit too indulgent um, for no other reason other than it was just so dark. I mean, it's like, come on, you guys have... Uh, this Unreal Engine and the volume, uh, you can light this a little bit better. Like, find a reason to light this so that we can at least see what's happening. <laughs> but it was like have the little have the little Tuscan Raider kid holding like a little lantern or like something. Little, yeah, because... like fireflies, little fireflies in his little lantern. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not a I'm not a cinematographer, but it seemed to me they probably shot that day for night, and it was a digital darkness effect that they added there because I think that that's really how the contrast just drops off totally precipitously. Very hard for Stormtrooper through his mask and his uh, his old age eyeballs to really see what was going on there. Um, but no, in general, I liked that. I liked the fact that they gave time and space to the Sand People and told the story in a slow, plotting way. I like that. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely liked that they gave a little bit of personality to the Tusken Raiders. Our question: Are Tusken Raiders interchangeable with Sand People? Yes, I think they are. So every Sand person is a Tusken Raider. Mm-hmm. So like Venn diagram, that's a straight on one to one circle. It's like Holland and then the Dutch, you know, or Netherlands. You've got three circles that all encompass the same thing. Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, I I like that they gave a little bit of personality to these usually just savage, you know, nomads. Right. And I thought also, you know, it was clear that this tribe of Sand People were different from other ones we've seen. Their clothing was a little bit darker. They had a little bit more adornment, sort of like a Native American tribe of some sort, or even a Mongolian tribe or African tribe of some sense. Like it evoked that kind of tribal element where we saw how, you know, you could imagine this group of Sand People warring with the other group of Sand People that uh, attacked Luke in A New Hope, for example. They look quite different. 
Yeah, definitely different tribes for sure. Also different years though. I mean, this is like 20 years or almost 30 years from that encounter. So they might have evolved a little bit. And I was I was mentioning that if you've ever played any like Knights of the Old Republic, you go at one point and you infiltrate a, a, a Tuscan raider village. Yeah. And it's very set up. It's not like, you know, a couple tents. It's 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 a community. It's, you know, its own society. Uh, so I'm really they have a Bath and Body Works seeing... store there with back to bombs. <laughs> sure, yeah, 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 for sure. And uh, you know they, they got five, five for six. Uh, you know coupons, and you never get the ones that just do the foaming. You, right. Those are always they go the fastest. <laughs> you got to get those first, okay? Everybody knows this. But yeah, no, um, yeah, I, I, I hope that we get to see more of their culture yeah because i i think that's I, I that's a nice little treat that i wasn't expecting in this show at all at first i was kind of annoyed i'm like uh i want to see boba fett in you know moss eisley leading and being a crime boss and instead i'm getting this whole thing with the tuscan raiders where it's like okay that's cool but now i actually am happy that we got it but at first i was kind of like uh okay i think it's to show like how he learns to lead like to lead with respect rather than torture and and you know he he's gonna become the leader of this tribe i'm sure of it uh he's gonna somehow you know because if you noticed and i, I saw this in a, a video somewhere he gets like one of the little baby bam bass ba what do you call them the gaffy sticks he gets yeah, like a little baby stick. gaffy stick it doesn't have that like helmet with the spikes on the end or anything but when we right. see Boba Fett um, in the first episode of Mandalorian season two, he's got one of the full on uh, like post pubescent, full grown gaffy sticks, um, and so it's got the pubes. Yeah, it's got, <laughs> it's the, got whole, the space. Yeah, pubes. everything. So he somehow levels up, as it were, to that. So maybe that's a sign of his leadership skills that he's learned from the Sand People. Um, yeah, I don't think he's gonna become like the full on chieftain or anything, but I think he's gonna he's gonna rise in the ranks with with respect, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, I think I think you're right. I think yep. he used guile and cunning and savagery before to be an effective bounty hunter, but I think he's gonna learn. He has to learn something from these people, right? Because he's teaching them some stuff, and hopefully they'll teach him some stuff as well. It's not every day a Sarlacc Keeper goes to prison for murder for hire. There are more captive Sarlaccs on Tatooine than there are in the wild throughout the whole galaxy. Sarlacc people are nuts, man. They're all crazy. I believe I have a story to tell. This guy was like a mythical character taking care of Sarlaccs out in Babu Freak Kajimi who owned over like 1,200 Sarlaccs and Wampas and Rinkers and shit. I'm outspoken, good looking, I love to party and have fun. They have a heart and a soul and a mind. I've learned from them, but Vegan the Hut keeps saying I can't own these Sarlaccs. Hey all you cool Sarlaccs and Rinkers, it's Vegan the Hut at Sarlacc Rescue. Vegan is the Mother Teresa of Sarlaccs. We will end the private possession of these Sarlaccs. I'm obsessed with touching the Sarlaccs. <laughs> this is my way of living, and nobody's going to tell me otherwise. Vegan has an army of people working for him for free. He's a plain out hypocrite. He literally does everything that I do. Murder. So King said, will you go out to Tatooine and what? Kill that freaking hut. 
What a story! And it got way bigger! Mayhem. What can I say? People say that I'm the prototype for Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> They're going to have to kill me to shut me up. Sarlacc King. Murder, mischief, and madness. Yes. Alright, well, uh, it's time for the um, forget about it part of this show where we talk about you know what we didn't like or what we would have put on the cutting room floor team um we got to balance things with positivity and negativity so that people don't think that we're on the payroll from disney and kathleen kennedy so what what did you think from this episode that you could have done without that you did not want to you could let, leave down there in the belly of the sarlacc I mean, that's exactly what I was going to say. You kind of stole my thunder earlier, but I was going to say, you know, the Fugazi, the, like, let's get, let's cut it, forget about it, Yeah. is uh, the Stormtrooper with the hose. Like, <laughs> I was completely, I liked watching Boba Fett use his flamethrower to get out of the Sarlacc, I, and, you know, it was kind of like Drax, where he cuts his way out of, uh, you know, the, the space worm thing, uh, sandworms, hate him, uh, you know, that thing, but the it's like wait so the stormtrooper armor always has this ventilation this uh you know oxygen or whatever the hell you know they breathe in star wars uh going on the whole time and it just kind of felt superfluous and not really needed i mean it was it was the fugazi for me as soon as i saw that i'm like what why 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 is this in here yeah like who whose idea was this you know and fire them today kind of fan filmish you know, like if if T. Brontor made a Book of Boba Fett TV show in his basement, this might be something that he would have thought of and included. No, if I had it, <laughs> you would have seen like as he'd have taken the helmet off to get something that was actually something that he needed and not some weird whatever that was, like a blast of air or something like that. I don't know. And his face would have come apart like Large Marge in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. And when they finally pulled the driver's body from the twisted, burning wreck, it looked like this. <laughs> yes, sir. That was the worst accident I ever seen. I get off right up here. Oh, you know, large Marge. Like, yeah, that if I had it, there'd be claymation, animation, there'd be, you know, um, there was, oh, there was a nod to uh, Harryhausen. I'm sure you noticed it with the, the monster. Oh, yeah, of course. That stop motion, six-legged yeah. creature. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know what like, that oh, creature's that's... been named, but it's definitely yeah. Harry Harryhausen. Oh, for sure. And I'm looking at my kid and I'm going, he just doesn't even get that that's like a major nod to this, you know, master of special effects. But people that know are like that, you know. Yep, for clap. sure. That was that was for well sure. done. So you like that part, but you didn't like the uh, the way he escaped the Sarlacc and stuff. And I, I, I fair, fair play. I, I thought it was underdone. It was undercooked, that scene, I thought. Um, given the <laughs> undercooked, drama nice. that we were hoping for uh, from the Sarlacc escape, it you know the shots were well done, but it just—it was a little short. I thought uh, they did have a lot to go through with this episode, so maybe there were some uh, scenes that ended up on the cutting room, cutting room floor actually from that scene. But uh, yeah, it just was undercooked. Um, so yeah, well for me, uh, the thing that I didn't like that I thought you know really should have just stayed there. I I'm having trouble actually with Tamara Morrison's acting chops a bit actually. 
his um his expressions and his kind of uh, the way he emotes it's a it's a little bit cartoonish in my mind with his helmet off like when he's fighting people and he's like ah like it looks like he's trying to look angry like i don't know how to quite explain it i just don't find his expressions very compelling and there were a few moments where i just thought gosh that is almost approaching cringe level uh, for like his wow. acting chops. Wow. So well, uh, you you are of the masked community, the helmeted community. So I think you are like biased to uh, yeah. non-helmet wearing people, uh, such as myself. Uh, you're you're not used to seeing emotions. I am. It's so. true. Um, but I I just find it to be a little bit off-putting. It's like it's like Boba Fett with a mask on and Boba Fett without a mask on. There's no continuity at all. Like so, I just I find that to be a little bit weird. I don't know. He's not. I mean, Turner Merson. Let's be honest. He's not. Done that much as an actor like he's really like limited. He was hired as a voice actor yeah never forget that his <laughs> primary his primary role was voice actor and now he is without the helmet on so i mean yep. i'm not picking on the guy i have nothing against the guy but i understand your point but to another point think about the mandalorian how many times did pedro Pascal take his helmet off not very many even well, though he wanted to and then the one scene where he sh- the one episode where <laughs> he inexplicably took it off because he had a face, which was enough to get him Imperial access. I mean, you know, I'm going to harp on that until the end of time. It was clearly just an ego thing where he wanted to take his helmet off because he wanted more face time. But I see your point. I think maybe more Boba with the helmet on, less Boba with the helmet off. I think we all fell in love with him as, as kids because he had a badass helmet. I mean, let's face it. <laughs> that's yeah. where a lot of people like Star Wars when we were kids. And we, we, you know, oh, that's a cool, that's a cool looking guy, you know? Yeah. And then you take his helmet off. Oh, hey, no, no. You look kind of like Deadpool's cousin. Oh, yeah. He does know? look like Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Well, maybe yeah. Ryan Reynolds was originally going to play Boba Fett. And then this is just a nod to that. Yeah. Maybe. So. All right, Teeb, well, it's time to play our Sound Scavenger game. Uh, I'm going to play you a short clip. Uh, this could be, you know, a clip from an actor who's in the book of Boba Fett. Uh, it could be some reference to something that somehow comes into this uh, series of some kind. So basically what you have to do is trace the uh, clip to this episode. Um, sort of like Six Degrees Oof. of Kevin Bacon, but we're playing it with sound. So I'm going to play a short clip here for you. Um, and, I, you know, if you need hints, I'll give them to you, but I'd like to just do it blind. And I want you to see if you can somehow trace this into our first episode the book of boba fett are you ready to play your i guess your prize <laughs> your prize is a is a helmet full of plastic metal coins if you win okay okay all right here you, Will go. you fix the dent in my helmet yes for me, please? yes <laughs> and you get to go to a bar and listen to the max rebo and and uh, uh bald-headed alien guys play a cover of another song that we've already heard in star wars all right here we go ready I hope you enjoyed that. I saw you bopping your head. Yes, uh, I was singing along. Any, I apologize to our fans. Any uh, fan. ideas here? Um, why I am selecting this clip? 
and asking you to do the dubious task of connecting it with this episode of The Book of Boba Fett. I think I've nailed it. Really? Nailed it. Okay. Yes, I do believe I heard in the lyrics, Stranger in a Strange Land. Interesting. Okay. That is the name of this episode, this chapter of this book, this audio file book. Ah, yes. So in book. the in the song, uh, Billy Joel, uh, in the song, um, We Didn't Start the Fire, does say "Stranger in a Strange Land." Yeah. So how how why is that important? What what is the connection here between this line and the title? Um, unpack that for us a bit. Unpack. Uh, well, it's funny because I felt like I should have looked up what the the um, significance of them naming this Stranger in a Strange Land was mm-hmm. because I feel like that's from some movie I should know about. Interesting. Interesting. Um, is it like a 50s movie? Or... Uh, close. 1961. Uh, it's a science fiction novel uh, titled Stranger in a Strange Land by Robert Heinlein. Um, oh, Heinlein. Okay. Which is an yeah. interesting story. I've not read it, but maybe I will now. Uh, it tells a story of um, a character named Valentine, or Valentine, Michael Smith. He's a human, but it's sort of like kind of like John Connor from Mars, I guess, in a way, except that he right. starts his life on Mars, raised by Martians, and then comes back to Earth. Um, and details kind of his experience of being a fish out of water in a sense. Um, But also, possibly more significantly, uh, this actually comes from the Bible, uh, if you've ever heard of that book. Uh, Are you familiar with the Bible, Teeb? The Bible? There's two of them? Yes, Uh, the Bible. um, It was uh, published a few years uh, prior to Stranger in the Strange Land. Um, And in the Bible, in Exodus Verse uh, chapter two, verse twenty-two, it talks about um, the character of Moses, I believe, being a stranger in a strange land. So, which hmm. one is is uh, this show referencing? Would you, you know, given what uh, you know about Moses as an orphan, being raised by uh, a tyrannical pharaoh uh, in Egypt, uh, which but isn't he like put in a basket or a bucket or something like that? Yeah, they float like... him down the the Nile in a basket. Yeah, a back yeah, to tank. I didn't really. That's the they thing. Put Moses I, in a back it, to tank. <laughs> there you go. They got him in the back to tank. Yeah. No, that was the thing. When I saw the title for this, I was like, "Oh, a stranger in a strange land." And for some reason, remember how the Mandalorian was like based on like wolf and cub. If you're familiar with that, sure. It's like a, yes. It's a Japanese anime uh, manga or something. Uh huh. Like so I was wondering if like stranger in a strange land was also like a, a ripoff or an homage to something that I wasn't familiar with. Now. Okay, so knowing about the Heinlein book, um, I think it was probably more in line with that than, say, the Bible, because I didn't get any kind of Moses references in this. Hmm. Uh, hmm. So I think it was more like uh, the the Heinlein, the Heinlein uh, nod to that. I don't know. I mean, Moses does uh, come out of slavery, as it were, as a, you know, if you kill Boba Fett as a slave, uh, I don't know, as a bounty nah. hunter, he's a slave to the dollar, um, and then he becomes a leader. Uh, you know, brings his people out of uh, captivity into the promised land, as it were. So possibly Boba Fett is going to follow a similar trajectory. Nah, I think they just were, you know, sitting around some Disney, you know, Applebee's, <laughs> uh, you know, having a, a a powwow session, and they were trying to come up with a name having for it. Having a bucket of like, poutine and Diet Coke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're like, 
Escape from the hole! Whoops, I just hit myself in the face. Escape from the hole! It just didn't sound right, right? So they're like, oh, what about Exodus? Oh, Exodus, hey, isn't there like a book? And it's like got Exodus or something? So we should have like Exodus. Yeah, Exodus, totally. Well, I don't know. This makes me wonder if every episode is going to reference a book. Since it is the book of Boba Fett, Disney is trying to promote literacy, I suppose, because the High Republic series has been such a colossal failure. But wait a minute, I thought Boba Fett was ill- Literate. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you the Norm McDonald face right now because that was gold. Ill. Ill. Literate. Litter. It. Oh, like that's litter. terrible. Oh, I'll be here uh, all day. That is so bad. <laughs> Tip your waitresses. You you need to go uh, back to the back to tank. you waitress anymore? No, anyway. I'm going to drop but, yeah. I'm going to drop a toaster in your back to tank for that one to you. Oh, no. That was terrible. <laughs> oh. Don't do that. <laughs> all right. Well, you'll uh, make my face look even more amazing. <laughs> I know, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, what's the bounty on this episode? Um, give it your rating Oof. out of ten. What's your bounty? How much would you pay for this episode, Teeb? So, what's the bounty scale again? Give me, give me a refresher. Is well, that from Mando Roundup? Let's do bounty and I guess Republican credits. Uh, so between zero and uh, all in, shall we say? Uh, okay. Yeah. So. I give it about 712 Republican credits. 712 Republican credits. All right. So you liked it? Yeah. I liked it a lot. Uh, it had moments, like I said, that were just cringe. Um, the acting was definitely one. Um, I have heard other people in my domicile say that the fight sequences put them to sleep. Mm. Um the whole weird octagon shield thing where they had the stun batons, I, I felt that that was just garbage. It seemed that very police state-ish, you know? Uh, what was that? Police state, you know? I'm, I'm getting a vibe that they were sent by the mayor. Yeah, but they were completely useless. If the mayor has been using this force to keep people in check... Utterly ineffectual. I'm not impressed. They weren't very intimidating at all. I did like when Fennec Shan killed the one guy, though. And I did count. I was like, oh, look, they finally killed somebody. It was like 20 minutes in, and they killed somebody. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, Disney's not afraid. I mean, hell, I grew up to Disney with, like, Davy Crockett, and people were dying all the time on that. I was, like, four years old watching people get, <laughs> He's just, you know, like, slaughtering it's, Mexicans, like, like left yeah, and right. Yeah, well, whatever. I don't know. Uh, not my people. You know, I was all happy. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm only kidding. Well, he dies at the end <laughs> anyway, too, right? So he gets... Davy with... Crockett does die. Yeah, yeah. he gets... He gets his so i don't was he even at the alamo i don't think he was but yeah was he i thought i thought i heard that yeah, was you guys at the a alamo. rumor yeah he died of dysentery or something instead and oh the, jesus um okay misinformation anyway uh, i would say so if i have like 100 republican credits um i would give this episode about 75 credits of my credits i think it's okay uh the bounty on this episode we confuse the hell out of our listeners i know you give us 752 <laughs> and i give us a thousand out of a hundred but we both kind of <laughs> like it <laughs> yeah it it had some problems it was a little slow uh and and i'm just not sure where we're going but overall i liked it i'm just happy to have boba fett back on the big screen well, uh, proverbial screen at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wonder about next episode if you have any predictions because I do. Uh, I think that we're going to see an interrogation uh, of this guy that they've captured um, and possibly learn a little bit about uh, the inner workings of the government on Tatooine. Uh, I think it's a you know it has three branches just like the American government. Um, 
We're going to get a civics quiz during this episode. Um, and I think we're going to have an encounter with the mayor. And I don't think it's going to go very well. So that's my prediction. We're going to see a civic encounter with the government of Tatooine. Possibly a coup. A coup? Wow, now yeah. you're stepping it up. What do you think? Uh, I don't think I don't think we'll have anything that exciting. Um, I think that... I also have one quick question before I give my prediction. Yeah. Do you think that that kid took credit for killing the beast all on his own? Or do you think that it was implied that Boba Fett helped? Yeah, the little uh, the little uh, Tusk Kid raid Raider. Tusk. Yeah. Tusk, little, little tight, he was a little, little punk, little a little tight, punk ass, tight. wasn't he? So here, okay, yeah. we didn't get into this, but I, I have to talk about this. What was going yeah. on with that? Like, he's got these, these two slaves are tied up outside of the Sand People's Hut, and then the kid just takes them and goes on a walk. Fuck. Okay, that's what I was thinking at first too. What, but then, what's going okay, on? My whole my whole question is why are they keeping these guys alive? And then I realized they're going to use them as as labor, right? Forced labor to do mining for these weird, uh, you know, sea anemone, sand anemones, and then they can get the water out of the sand anemones. Yeah, the little pumpkins, the little black the pumpkins, urchins, sand urchins. Yeah, yeah but why like does this kid just like take them on this like ten mile hike into the, and then they 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 stop to watch some other people attack. A hut, like a like a, a moisture that farm. That was weird. Like for what that reason? Like and then and then you see there's a clearly clearly a criminal syndicate there. Um, so that's why I think like that's sort of gonna come. It's gonna come back. Like there's gonna be some conflict with that crew, whoever they were. But like, yes. why is this kid just going for a walk with these guys? <laughs> like it makes no sense. It's a rite of passage. If you're familiar with the Apache culture, I do feel that there's definitely. Well, I, I've been playing a lot of Valhalla. So I'm all like with Vikings right now, but you could argue that the Tuscan Raiders are a combination of the Native American tribes and Viking tribes, right? Um, because of the way that they treat their prisoners, they use them, they break them down, and then they use them in the way that they see fit. And then if they earn their respect, they might let them into the tribe, for example. Yeah. And they're not like they're not averse to doing that but only the strong survive and and you get that mentality and i think that's kind of like the spartans too right like they send their kids into all sorts of you know perilous situations and then if they if they come back they get to be spartans and it, i think it's kind of that kind of thing it's like let's send little we got to come up with a name for this kid I, it's almost like with grogu it's like when we find ronnie, out his name it's going to be something ridiculous <laughs> ronnie the tuscan raider yeah <laughs> Little Ronnie, little Ronnie, little Ronnie, Ray, Ronnie Reagan, <laughs> Ronnie yeah. Raider, Ronnie Raider, <laughs> Ronnie Raider. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Okay, we'll call him Ronnie Raider. We get that's that's canon now. Ronnie Raider, little little Ronnie Raider. Oh dear. Is, uh, you know, he's 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 getting a rite of passage, and his father and his mother have clearly given him responsibility, right? And the responsibility is take this slave, these slaves. I forgot there's two of them at that time. Uh, take these slaves and get us some water, right? Okay, and uh, so it's and a very Luke Skywalker kind of esque arc there, where he has the uh, the new additions, you know, the two new droids, as it were, the the two new slaves, oh. and then he's working on a moisture farm, and he's tasked with doing something important with these droids that leads them all into a new uh, galaxy. So, and I think he was also now that I think about it, putting it in context, I think he was showing them the Raiders, the uh, the 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 gang, I guess, I don't know. I'm guessing they're probably Crimson Sun or something like that, or some offshoot of that, um, and being like, stay away from them. They're bad. You can see they're just killing people indiscriminately. Hmm. We kept you go, you know, we kept you alive. Whatever. It could be worse. Like if you escape, 
this is what your fate is. It might also be that too, right? We have no idea really. What, oh, that's an interesting uh, point. Like, so it was sort of yeah. a fear tactic a little bit, um, but also kind of yeah. trying to like um, make Boba Fett uh, appreciative of his captors. Yes. Right. Yes. Interesting. So you think we're going to see more of that? That's kind of your prediction for next week, which is, I think it's a great one. Um, well, that was your prediction. Oh, oh <laughs> you yeah. You get to my that, prediction. You're right. It was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I interrupted my own prediction. <laughs> My prediction is that we're going to find out more about the mayor. I think that the mayor is going to be an actual golden protocol droid named um, Goldie Wilson. And he'll be Mayor Goldie Wilson. Mayor! Now that's a good idea. I could run for mayor. <laughs> mayor Goldie Wilson. I love it. I love it. So, very good. Well, that's all we have time for on this first episode. Um... Stay with us because we're going to do these each week where we break down and make fun of and enjoy uh, the book of Boba Fett. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at StormDuper. Um, Teeb? You can follow me also on Twitter at T-E-E-B-R-O-N-T-R. That's Teeb Rontor. I am the glorious, gorgeous, uh, you know, uh, amazing Teeb who is part of Faking Star Wars Radio with uh, Duper now for a couple years. Yeah, so, I think four years we're on now. Four horrific God, years. Four years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, now five, actually, because technically this is season five. I didn't think about that, but we're in 2022, so... Um, That's mind-blowing. This is season five of, of Faking Star Wars. So if you like what you hear, please join our Patreon. Uh, we have a few great uh, patron supporters, uh, Jedi Padawan Stephen Howard and the Jedi Knights Taxus Carlson and Keith Harmon. You can join for as little as a buck a month. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash fakingstarwars. We'd love to have you write us a review. Give us a five-star review on any podcast platform of choice. Helps us show up when people search for Star Wars. And we'll read your reviews on, on future episodes. Um, you can please find our new Discord that we've merged with Camray Semi Productions. That's at bit.ly slash Camray Discord to get in on some discussions of Star Wars, cat memes, and everything else. And as always, please keep it tuned to fakingstarwars.net for quality Star Wars comedy, parody, and satire. Thanks to you and all our followers for listening. May the foe be with you. And remember, nobody will take you seriously unless you have a litter box. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Very good. Forget about it, team. Forget about it. Ah. Thanks for listening. Please write a review for this show on iTunes or Podchaser, and be sure to visit fakingstarwars.net slash podcasts for more shows on our network.